I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am confused by the weather in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, fresh from the West Coast, possibly the best coast? She'll tell us. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah, I think it is the best coast. Don't come at me, God, East Coasters. God, someone cute is like throwing up dubs right now. I, you know, I, I was just, I was telling Jordan off mic that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best trip we've ever been on. I'm not going to go into it too much, but one of the hardest things was being there and just, you know, walking around neighborhoods, seeing different places, and then, you know, driving home through Hamilton and just the the sense of womp womp <laughs> that like flowed through me as we were driving home was it was hard. It was hard. I was like, our 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 city needs some zhuzhing. Like it's it's rough. The worst spots of Vancouver look better than the best spots where I live. This isn't faux dive. This is a dive. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it was it was hard, but at the at the same instance, I was like, well, if I did move to the West Coast, I don't know if my cardboard box could keep up with the <laughs> amount of rain they get, right? So, like, there are trade offs, pluses and minuses to both. Friends, this is episode two hundred and ninety two of the Geek Down podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other two hundred and ninety one episodes. Take yourself wherever you get your audio content: Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, reviews. Love those reviews. Love them. Love those reviews. The show's dope. Chef's kiss emoji. That, that's it. That's literally. You can just, you could do like one of those sun happy faces. Yes. Do that. Sun, yeah. Sunglass emoji. Literally anything. Pushes us up the algo. Helps us find new friends and new listeners to the show. And then the bonus. That's what we get. You know what you get? irresponsibility you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to keep track on us because we're just going to come to you on the back of a rainbow maned alcorn named Phillips, sprinkled by your mans the third geek down internet elf he took a week off he was fine but he's happy yeah. to be back on the job this is what he loves to do y'all yeah keep some limber you know, he's, he's an, he's an older gentleman. He feels like if he stops working, his he'll go into decline. Right? Listen, 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 my birthday's coming up soon next month. You know how yeah. old I am, Kate? You know how old I am now? How old? Corkball years old. That's how old I am now. <laughs> what is a cork ball? Those little yoga massage balls, whatever. You get them cork balls. Yeah. <laughs> Start rolling them underneath your neck. Yeah. <laughs> or your feet. Because otherwise you just progressively turn into like a, just a hulking walking ball of gristle. <laughs> cork, cork balls, y'all. Cork rollers, cork balls. Amazing. Get, we about that life. 
You know what? Um, senior correspondent Chris doesn't even know what's coming, but guess what he's getting for Christmas? <laughs> oh, yeah. He will thank you. Listen, listen. We had him at Major Canadian Retailer. That's when we first started using him because, you know, my job is somewhat labor-intensive. I had a thing with my shoulder for months. Busted out that cork ball. It went under my shoulder blade. Something popped, and my shoulder's been fine ever since. Ooh. Cork balls, y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. Friends, you got your hot tips for staying limber? You let us know over at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives on the social meds, and the only place the show lives on the social meds. If you'd like to support this endeavor financially, so Caitlin and senior correspondent and someone cute, cork balls for everybody. We'll contribute to the cork ball fund. KO-FI.com slash geekdownpod. Throw three bucks in the old tip jar. They go on sale frequently, so we should be able to top everyone up in short order. Well, um, someone we've not spoken about in a while, um, I guess West Coast correspondent, Kaim Dar. Mm. Um, he, uh, he, I finally bought, uh, so he talks about these like giant rollers. Yes. For your back and how it like, because he knows I've got some back issues. So I finally started using that. That's not fun. <laughs> no, That's it's not, not fun at all. It's not. It is painful, but also the real lim- really limbers you up. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a, a 32 year old again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't feel a day over <laughs> 60. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yes, friends, uh thank you for Allowing us, I mean, you don't have a say in it, but thank you for understanding the week off we took last week so Caitlin could go to a wedding on the West Coast. Yes. Um, a Star Trek wedding. A Star How was the Star Trek wedding? Fantastic. Um, T- TN- TNG, TOS, little everything, TNG. like... TNG. Um, th- there were a couple of amazing moments. Um, so anyone who's familiar with TNG knows that they made a couple movies with the cast. One of them being Nemesis. Now, Nemesis was not that great of a movie, um, but the beginning was great because it was um, Riker and Troy getting married. Um, on, and a, on a boat? Were they on a boat? On, on I, maybe. Or was that another movie? There was another movie where they were that, like they were like on a schooner or something. They might have been on a schooner. Might have been like a, a fun nod to like them being part of Starfleet, like. Mm. They're on ships. I, I can't remember that part. I do remember though, um, Troy had an amazingly beautiful dress and Riker and the other, and you know, Picard and stuff, they were wearing their like dress whites, which yes. I, I, I think was the first and, and only time we've seen them in the series. Don't yell at me. Okay. <laughs> Trekkers. Um, so, uh, they, the, the bridal party, like they had, dress whites and she was wearing the dress and she had put the flowers on herself and gotten like sort of a, a sort of soft pink dress. Yes. You've come here for dress talk. Um, and it was, it was, she looked stunning, like absolutely stunning. And everybody looked great in their dress whites. And that was, that was a great moment. Um, just being there for the, for, for the ceremony and seeing these people, we really, really like, you know, find each other and get hitched. And it was, it was lovely. Um, and the second greatest moment was, uh, so 
again, I'm not going to go into it, but basically Chris was very, very sick with food poisoning, but he managed to rouse himself. I still don't know how, um, <laughs> but managed to rouse himself for the ceremony, but had to leave after that. I stayed just so everyone knows. Yes, I did sing terrible karaoke. Um, and, uh, but in the stupor of being like unbelievably ill, he says, I wonder why the grooms, so the pips are the thing on the collar that tell you the rank. Yeah. He was like, I wonder why this person's pips um, are, are, are like that. He's like, I, I don't think that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Or he thought that maybe he didn't know something. Um, and so he asked them, he was like, Hey, what's up with your pips? And the guy was like, Oh, I got them wrong. And Chris was like, yes, I knew it. And I was like, you're a nerd. Wow. <laughs> I love you. Wow. Nerd! wow. Through the glaze of just being unbelievably ill, he still was like, I can find an inaccuracy. Literally, literally dying. Yeah. From food he said that several times. He's like, I think I'm dying. <laughs> My body is dying. He was not going to leave this earth without confirmation that no. the groom's pips were inaccurate. Were inaccurate. Yeah. But I think it actually kind of worked because the groom, I was like, he's the groom. He's allowed to have like a higher, better rank than everybody. And anyways, it was just very funny. Um, so yeah, so that was great. Um, and I don't know if, do you think people want to hear the fried chicken story? <laughs> I want to, you didn't, you didn't give me the fried chicken story off, Mike. You're like, I'm going to save that. So <sighs> give me the fried chicken story. Okay. So the other, the other, well, there were several memorable moments of the trip. Um, but one of them was I was, I was distracted. Um, I was trying to rouse senior correspondent to see, like, just, you know, get a litmus test of how ill he really was. Um, he'd been sleeping for a really long time. So I thought it'd be better if he like moved around, whether that's so, you know, his body could be like, oh no, I'm, I'm too sick. Um, because we had other things sort of planned throughout the week and I wanted to know just how sick he was. And also if I might need to take him to a hospital, it really was like the worst case of food poisoning I've ever been witness to. Um, so we, when we had been there the first day before the food poisoning had happened, I had seen this Korean fried chicken place and I had, I have heard of Korean fried chicken. I have observed it. I have wanted to eat it because I think I have a fried chicken problem. I love fried chicken. Uh, and it's a problem because my body does not. Um, but I was like, you know, it's really close by. It's only a couple blocks. You can get some rice and like some miso soup probably. I can get some fried chicken. So I wasn't really paying attention when I was ordering and I ordered fried the fried chicken and the, the gentleman who served us was very nice, but he looked at me very confused and was sort of like, um, he, he spoke English, but, um, there was definitely some, like he was trying to ask me something, but I wasn't sure what he was asking me. And I was distracted, you know, making sure that senior correspondent was okay. And I was like, yeah, the fried chicken. He's like, Oh, okay. Um, and he brings, Time passes. It's taking a little while. I was like, oh, I didn't think it would take this long. Other people have gotten their food. Um, they come out with the the rice and the miso soup for senior correspondent. Um, and, we, you know, we've, they've come by a couple times saying, sorry, it's taking so long. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. And eventually, they come out with the biggest plate of fried chicken I've ever seen in my life. 
it was like for like 10 people, like it was just heaped, heaped fried chicken. I like, I was both a like mesmerized by this and also realized I had not seen the price, which was expensive, but I thought maybe it might be for two people. Like it wasn't like absorbent. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, a hundred dollars. Like it not even close. So I wasn't, I, I don't, I, maybe I looked at a different price of something. So now I know why the guy was asking me because he was like, who is this fried chicken for lady? <laughs> like I just, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And I felt very silly. Um, and I ate a lot of fried chicken. It was great. And I took it all with me and then was able to share it with people <laughs> later on at a picnic, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just felt like, like I'm such a moron. <laughs> um, but at the same time, was like really excited about all that fried chicken. I ate a lot of fried chicken. It was great. Uh, so yeah, that's the fried chicken story. I mean, Be careful what you order. Check the price. Double check with the server. The man was trying to warn me and I was just like too distracted to understand. Anyways, Caitlin, but I did get a lot of fried chicken out of it. We call yeah. that, we call that good problems. It was a good problem. It was a good problem. I was very sad because, well, eventually senior correspondent got to try the fried chicken, but not when it was fresh. They tempered the chicken. That's what they do. It was tempered chicken and potatoes. And I was like, God, you South Koreans are amazing. Uh, I too have, a, I do have a fried chicken story. We, oh, uh, someone cute and I uh, spent a little time together last night and we went and grabbed dinner at a, Thai place, uh, I believe it was called Setani Nana, which I believe is Station Nana. The, the, the server told us it was like a train station. Oh, cool. A well-known train station. Uh, anyway, we uh, we got, you know, usual, what you usually get at a Thai place. We got some curry, got some pad thai. And then I saw this thing on the back called KFC Chicken Laob, I believe it was, was, was the oh. name of the dish. And I was like, man, do you put KFC on anything? I'm going to order it. Well, let's, 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 just see, let's just see how this turns out. <laughs> and I do. And we were on the patio because uh, we had we had the doggo with us. And we were just kind of chatting. And we didn't have our food yet. And the table behind us, the server comes by with something. She had three dishes in her hand. And she put two down to the table behind us. And then was taking the third one to another table. And the people at the other table go, what's that, <laughs> though? And... and Someone cute and her are both like, yeah, we want to know what that is too. It looks amazing. And she's like, oh, this is KFC Lob. It's for the table over there. And someone cute and I are like, we're like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and like literally high-fived at the table because, <laughs> uh, because we, amazing. Made, we made the right call. And we did make the right call. It was delicious. Satnay, um, Satnay yeah. Nina, Nana over on, uh, on Queen Street, past Bathurst, just before Trinity. It's, uh, it was a dope dope little spot if anyone's listening to this in vancouver it's the korean fried chicken place near metro town there you go friends if you're wondering why we have so much fried chicken talk uh in the front half of the show it's because as is always the case listen you think we're making this up you think we say there's no news and you're like these days these motherfuckers are lazy they just don't want to look i yeah i really worry about this and do you know what it is out there it is feature season you go to the yeah. news sites, you don't get news. Ain't no headlines. Nobody's breaking anything. I went to io9 and you know what I saw? I saw an article called 
All the Optimus' Prime ranked. Do you want me to break that down for you, y'all? You want me to recap the list of Optimus' Prime? I don't even know. That's not even um, the proper prolization, is it? Optimus Primes. I, yeah, it would be Optimus Primes. Optimus Primes, um, not Optimus' Prime. It's ridiculous. Um, there. Well, okay, there isn't news, but I do want to talk about two things really quickly. Hmm. Mostly, one is just like a... Hey, if this is you, you need to take a long look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, um, and oh, God, an- this could backfire on you, honestly. Y'all. And another is just like the state of entertainment. The, so, the state of entertainment. Oh my God, she's giving yeah. me, mm-hmm. she's giving her state of the industry talk, y'all. I am. I am. Prepare yourself. Um, so the first one is um, this. How do I call it? Made up hubbub about the Little Mermaid. Um, oh Lord! So uh, give me. I'm going to do some radio magic because I I cannot remember the lovely lady's name. I think it's Haley. But give me one second. Um, I'm going to look it up. Okay. So, um, Hallie Bailey is that it? Is that correct? I believe so. One half Hallie, of the no. uh, Chloe and Hallie. Uh, yes. Duo. Yes. Um, and. She was cast as Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid ages ago. And there was, like, you know, racist rumblings. Um, and now that they're – it's not even a trailer. It's like a teaser trailer, basically. But you see the first shot of her. One, as one shot. You see one, one shot of her. Well, it, it doesn't even matter if it was one shot or a full trailer. Um, the – if you think – any commentary on the race of the actress playing Ariel is anything but racism. You need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. The only thing, only thing that maybe you're allowed to comment on is you'd like her hair to be redder. That's it. That's it. Not, it's not even uh, racing. That's just like, oh, that's an interesting artistic choice. Maybe they're trying to make her look like a little more human. Because, I mean, I feel this way about anything. I feel this way about any live action or any story in which originally the character was maybe, for instance, Sandman, you know, white in the comic, and now they've cast a, a person of color. Anything like that. It's, it's racist. You're racist. And, and if you're like, ah, I'm not racist. No, you are. And you need to have a really long talk with yourself. Maybe go to therapy. Maybe join a group. Maybe you do some research. Um, it's what it is. Um, but when you're talking about, I mean, this has come up again and again. It's been Sandman. It's been Lord of the Rings. Um, it's been Little Mermaid. Um, the it, These things are fantastical. And it adds a layer of like absurdity that it seems to just fly over the critic's head. I mean, it's never okay in any form of entertainment. Um, And my dream legitimately is to have an Oscars where every single category is won by a person of color. Um, Because I just want to see the racist like melt. Like I like, like, you know, like the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, like, I just saw their faces. Just go, ah, um, that that is like my dream. Um, but it it's it's racist, and 
it's she's a goddamn mermaid, folks. So it adds this like layer. It's like almost humorous, but at the end of the day, it's it's not. You are a racist. You can get the fuck out. Go figure your shit out. That's all. That that's what I have to say about that. This whole issue to me, to me issue in quotes is not this non issue. Uh, was deaded for me when I don't remember who the original person who tweeted it was, but I know it was on the on the shit you should care about Instagram page that posted it. A tweet where someone was like, "Mermaids aren't black." It's like, and Jesus wasn't white. Cope. Yeah. Like, like if you can watch, if you can maintain that ridiculous position, even after watching the now multiple multiple videos. And compilations out there of young black girls watching this trailer and the delight on their faces. Yeah. To see someone who looks like them singing this song that they've probably, you know, heard through their mothers as they grew up or have seen on Disney princess cartoons or whatever. And now she looks like them and the delight that's on their faces. If you see that and you're still like, man, get fuck all the way off. Yeah, and it's also another strong um, argument about how representation does actually matter. Actually, actually. Um, so yeah, get Jordan said it very concisely. Get fucked, <laughs> um, and that's how we feel on the podcast. <laughs> we talk about fried chicken and racist getting fucked. This is the, welcome, welcome to well, the geekdom. Welcome, yeah. When we finally do make merch and it's just a t-shirt that says get fucked. I don't know that's going to, I don't know that's going to sell very well for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my other, my other thing is the state of entertainment. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm very excited topic. to see how this is going to go, friends. So I want to give you an example of two things that are happening and it leaves me confused um, because I feel like it's it's almost like a really complicated birth that's trying to happen. But I also, I just get confused by it. So in the future, one thing might be out. I thought it was just announced, but I, I'm not positive on this. Um, there are two things that are, well, one thing that may be happening and one thing that I'm pretty sure is happening, has happened, is, you know, about to happen. And those two things are that this, there's going to be a second season of Reservation Dogs. It's already here. It's happening. It's on Disney+. Okay, Plus. That's, that's what I thought. Okay. Because someone mentioned it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea. Which, to me, got very little advertising. Um, I don't know if you saw it advertised anywhere, Jordan. I haven't seen it advertised. I saw the trailer on an Instagram account, and Chris and Andy have both mentioned um, that you know it remains as good as it was in the first season. And I did check and saw. I was going to mention it in updates, but that yeah, season two. Instead of waiting, I don't know how they're going to dribble it out on Disney Plus because it's on Hulu in the states, but we get it through Disney Plus because Disney owns everything. Um, yes. The first three episodes of season two are already on there. They're not holding it until the season's over, apparently. I don't know how they're going to dribble them out, but at least the first three episodes of the second season are already uh, up for viewing. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. So someone had mentioned, and I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, I, I had no idea. And I loved the first season, um, but I didn't see it advertised anywhere. No one is talking about it. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know how many things I read about <laughs> a possible Constantine 2? <laughs> I, 
mean, y'all, she's making it's a fair not, she's making a fair point right now. It's not even it's not even been confirmed from what I understand. Um, and I'm like, who wanted that? I did, or, see. or it's not Constantine. Um, what did we f- find out from Sandman? It's Constantine. Constantine. It's always been the canonical pronunciation. Yes, Constantine. Yes, Constantine. Sorry, but of course, the movie, I'm pretty sure they say Constantine 70,000 times. Probably. Sorry. Um, Y'all, this was the Keanu Reeves God early 2000s adaptation of the Hellblazer comic. It was fun, but it wasn't like, yeah, it was fun and stupid, but it wasn't like, it wasn't heavy like Constantine. Like, like Constantine can get real dark, oh, yeah. and there was like maybe a little bit there, but they kept it pretty PG. There were a couple really cool scenes, um, but yeah, it was very like early aughts um, type of movie. Um, but yeah, I've seen like a, so many articles about like one of them. Thankfully, said like, "Who asked for this?" Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great question. Um, with other better representations through like um animation like there's been a bunch of what is it dark gotham or dark dc or something there's been you know great depictions there there's of course now sandman there was the television show or he was in he showed up in some some there was um, there was like a like the Berlantiverse, right on the CW or whatever. There was a show yeah, there, the CW, yeah, and he made an appearance in that whole Arrowverse crisis, whatever. He he was the character was on that as well. Yeah, and better versions of the character like that is important to note. Nothing against Keanu; it's just it was a a director slash writer's decision, and 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 Keanu did a fine job. But I'm just saying that like. As far as depictions go, there have been better ones. Who was like, oh, I know what we need. We need another Constantine movie. <laughs> Maybe it's because of the popularity of Sandman and people talking about it. I um, think, I think if anything, it's that and just the general rear view, uh, rear view mirror perspective of Hollywood right now. I think it's. Yeah, but, but in all of that, my question remains, what is going on? Because sometimes, <laughs> Things that are actually extremely good get second seasons, which is lovely, but nobody knows about it. <laughs> and sometimes things, or a lot these days, where things are not great, they're like, yeah, let's pump so much money into this thing. <laughs> um, and it, it I, I can't think of an example right off the bat, but there's been a lot of things that they've been like, let's do another of these. And it has, oh, maybe Bill and Ted's has fallen flat right like it's it's not done as well as they had hoped and it's Mm. weird it's like some part of media is trying to desperately claw its way forward into the future and i maybe it's old white men in boardrooms making decisions about movies and television they're trying to like claw their way back like I, i just i'm not really clear on what is going on? I don't know what's going on. It hurts my brain. I mean, listen, between Time Warner Discovery and all that business, it is just, it is a, it is a wild time for the industry. And that's, maybe this is why I play so many video games right now. Because <laughs> just, it's the streaming offerings and everything else right now and just the, the, the things that 
top line blockbuster industry uh, are interested in do not really appeal to me. Yeah, like it's just it's, and there's like so much uh, quote unquote good stuff to watch um, that I'm I know I'm not going to check out for ages um, because they just they they used to be. Back in the day, kids, bring up a chair. Uh, Grandma Kate's going to tell you a story. Back in the day, television had seasons. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, you could catch up in the summer. Yeah. You could, you had a break. You had this break during the summer. And it was a long, it was a long break. It like, you know, stuff would end in like May. Yeah. And it would start like maybe mid-September. So you had some time, you could go off and do summary things. Now, there's like a schedule it just ne- it for stuff. It never stops. All year. And even there would be like, at the beginning of the summer, you would have a couple of movie releases. And those would like carry you throughout the summer. Um, because they're like, people are not going to go see movies in the summer. They're going to be out doing oh. stuff with their family and barbecues. And I remember, and I remember seeing trend pieces or listening to podcast segments years ago about like the USA network really like threw its basket in for uh, summer TV. And oh my God, what a risk. Like psych and burn notice and shows like that, that would, their yeah. seasons would run from June to September and how like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, but now just with everything and all the outlets and just the volume of stuff, it's like it never stops. There's always, yeah. always at least seven shows debuting every month. And then there's there's so there's all of that, and then the stuff I like to watch that's old, <laughs> right? Like I like to rewatch things. There's a comfort to it, and I don't rewatch a lot of new shows because it's just like. I don't have time. Like the number of times I've rewatched Firefly is pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, and I can't do that even with stuff I really like. Um, so, I mean, I, the, the last time I had even considered it was Strange New Worlds, where right. I was like, I'd rewatch that. Um, oh which is God. saying See, and I, like, like, I forgot about Strange New Worlds. I, like, I enjoyed it so much when we talked about it. Yeah. And it's just. There were so many other things that we watched that I enjoyed that we talked about. It's like I can't, yeah. I can't juggle them all right now. So I think I think I'm gonna have to try and figure out some sort of like system for like being like <laughs> this is what I will watch. I'll only watch it a couple times a week. I'll just have to let stuff go, even yeah. if I really want to watch it. I'll just have to be like, nope. Or I'll have to figure out like, I mean, I, I have an exercise bike. Maybe I'll like exercise and watch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do something. Uh, got to multitask. Listen, multitask. you're rolling that cork ball underneath your feet. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch. You know, one of the many things I'm watching <laughs> while I'm exercising, or like popping my shoulder back into place because I'm old. When you were listening to this episode, folks, I'm 36. It is my birthday the day you were listening to this episode? That's right. I was gonna save it till the end, but y'all. You listen to this episode. It's Caitlin's birthday. Happy birthday to me. Ho- holler at her on Twitter. I'll pass it along because she won't see it. But. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't have time for social media. I'm watching too much TV. Speaking of. Yep. You had a week off. Had some long flights. Yeah, I did. How are you spending that time? What were you watching? Um, I'm going to go through it relatively quickly. Um, I also, whenever I go to Vancouver, um, 
I end up watching something maybe I wouldn't check out necessarily um, because friends and just like watching something at night and whatever. Um, so the thing I wouldn't have usually checked out, but um, I'm really glad I did was the movie spontaneous I've came out a couple of years ago. Never heard of this in my life. Um, you maybe if I start describing it, you'll be like, Oh, I kind of remember that trailer or kind of remember that premise. It's about a bunch of high school students who start exploding. <laughs> I feel I would have remembered that. No, nope. Kate, I'm unfamiliar. Oh, man. Maybe I won't talk about it because maybe it'll be for cinematic September. <laughs> you guys want to hold on to that one? Um, it's, it's, a, it's not like my favorite movie, but I thought parts of it were really fantastic. So, and it was very cinematic. Um, so maybe I'll hold on to that one, but I did check out Spontaneous. I will. I'm going to, I'm probably going to give it to you for next week. Um, so if you're listening and you're interested and you want to follow on for next week, Watch Spontaneous. Um, it is on oof, Radio Magic. I believe it is on Crave uh, in Canada. I'm not sure where it would be in other countries, um, but I'm sure you can you can find it. Um, oh, it might be also on Netflix. Um, anyways, it 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 is around. Um, check it out. It is a very dark teenage romance comedy horror. It, it's a mixed up genre and I kind of like it. Um, you know, the more things tacked on to the genre, the the better the movie. We, we, lo- we love a multi-hyphenate on this show. Love it. Um, the other things I stayed up to date with was Star Trek Lower Decks, um, which has, I know uh, the first episode I was like, eh, second, third episode have been, fantastic um uh rings of power um again more episodes it's gotten better um she hulk same thing uh really she hulk has has gotten really really good like actual laugh out moments or laugh out loud moments um and uh the two things i watched on the plane was we watched uh, the plane ride to and from Vancouver is actually not quite that long. Um, so I only had time for one sort of thing each. Um, on the uh, way back, I checked out uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, it wasn't that good. Seems to be the consensus. It it was I know okay. We, I know we talked about how like the first episode of She-Hulk had, uh, had like seemed like it had a lot of notes on it. Yeah. Which consensus I got from Love and Thunder is that maybe Taika didn't get enough notes. Yeah, that story needed a lot of tightening up. There were holes the size of, you know, my body could fit through. Um, things weren't really explained. Um, the the There's a whole section with Russell Crowe as Zeus. It was so bad. <laughs> it, I think it was tr- supposed to be funny, and it was not. It was not good. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it just, it, like, there are parts that were okay and there were parts of that were very taika, um, but it was not, it was not good. It was not terrible. It was not good, though. Um, the thing that was good, and I did start watching it before I left, but continued on the plane, um, and I just can't get over how much it is like what it was, was the kids in the hall. Um, 
I checked out. Right. right. Caitlin just sends me context-free, <laughs> like, screaming cap, screaming messages on Messenger. And I'm like, what the pen drop ratio? What? Now remembering full well that I talked about that sketch in depth on the show. It was like one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. But um, I'm happy that it... Uh, my endorsement uh, held true for you as well, and that you you agree yeah. it is far not, better than anyone could have expected. Yeah, it, it's not like it, for me. I mean, I watch Kids in the Hall probably way too young when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I was up real late uh, some nights, um, and not every sketch hits home for me. No, but it never did. Right? It was like they were constantly experimenting and almost like upping the ante. I feel like their writer's room was just like fueled by like cocaine and (laughs) and alcohol. And it was just like, let's get weirder and weirder. But sometimes the weirdest sketches for me, I was like fucking howling. (laughs) Um, the, I think it's third episode, which is the last episode I got to the Shakespeare sketch. Oh my God. The Shakespeare sketch is fucking amazing. Oh my God. I just. I was like cackling so hard that like senior correspondent was like, what are you laughing at? And then he also started cackling because it was amazing. Why don't you write something? I already wrote everything. I already wrote everything. Um, so just a little uh, bit. Um, I don't know. I've, I want people to watch it, but it doesn't it almost doesn't matter. Like it's not going to. The guy has a Shakespeare bust that become that comes he, to life. He wishes it to life. And being alive because the bust of course has no arms and no torso like blood starts like yeah, like the- it doesn't happen immediately either he's like talking to him and then all of a sudden his arms just blood starts gushing out of it and gore just starts like, to happen yes yeah and like his intestines fall like it's wild and i loved every second of it <laughs> um yeah it was so so good um yeah i just and every time I'm like, oh, maybe I'm done, I see kind of the frame for the next episode. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, I, I, I need to know what that is. I need to know what that is about. Um, but yeah, they even the like the weird um Zoom masturbation sketch, like oh my God. just wild. And then I love there is they have a woman of color and like everyone else is from the regular cast and they have one woman of color. But man, she goes in on that end bit. Like I'm like, imagine getting those notes, being like, right. This is what you're gonna do for the sketch. You're just gonna furiously masturbate. Um Fuck. Yeah, I just I loved it. I just I thought I thought it was it was great and weird and it is so kids in the hall. It's like they were like time like they took some weird time machine to visit themselves in the past and yeah, went, We'll just do this. And yeah, you were you were talking about the title sequence. Oh, all the nostalgia. Oh yeah. I got all the nostalgia. And that's um, you know, we just ranted about, you know, the rear view the rear view mirroredness of like the industry. Yeah. This just seemed like something that I felt like Kids in the Hall, the Amazon Kids in the Hall, like honored its past and where it came from while not trying to be the old show. Like, yeah, yeah. the whole point of this show is like, we're, we're in our 60s now. Like, what, like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, and we really lean into like, the yeah. thing, even the thing about like the last facts ever said, <laughs> like that kind of stuff was, I really liked as well. The last glory hole. 
all of that was just. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just, yeah. if you grew up with it, it was, it was just an excellent uh, yeah. revisit. And if you've never seen it before, it definitely, you don't need the nostalgia to appreciate how funny it is. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it was a really good way to like, to, to pass the time. Kill some on the time plane. on a plane. Yeah. Well, all right. Good picks. Good picks all. Uh, what do I have that I want to talk about? Uh, She-Hulk, I concur, has continued its upward momentum. Um, the one thing the most consistent man at work said, which I guess I kind of agree, is the nature of intellectual property means this show can never be the Harvey Birdman. I wish it was. Like, right. I would love to have her. Like, the Abomination stuff is like what was the best run. Like, episode three. Yeah. Was maybe the best episode of the show and probably will be the best episode of the show because, you know, you can't have, you'd love to have like Stiltman uh, get, you know, brought up on peeping Tom charges or something and she's got to defend him. But like, you, right. you, Black Panther might have to fight Stiltman. Like, you never, you know, you can't, you got to keep uh, the integrity, quote unquote, integrity of a lot of these characters. Um, so it can't be the wild Harvey Birdman attorney at law uh, type of show yeah. that it could um, be. I'd also like, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd like to shout out Madison um, with two S's and a Y. Not really <laughs> it is. Um, that actress, I've never seen her in anything else. I don't know if she is in anything else. That I, think, I think she's actress, one of the directors actually. She took that and like crushed oh, it. She, she ate on that. Yeah. It uh, was amazing. Absolutely. Um, but it continues to be like, listen, I am now about, I said this before about this show. Like I don't need it to tie into Thunderbolts. I, it does. It can just be. And if yeah. the Marvel machine wants to let more stuff be, did you see the werewolf by night trailer? No. So this came out of D 23. Um, and the title card is like, remember you used to watch shows specials in the eighties and it was like, a Marvel entertainment <laughs> yeah. special presentation. Like, one of those, and it's all done in black and white with, like, grainy film effects. Like, it's a B-pulp, uh, hammer horror type looking thing. Right. And apparently Man-Thing's in it for, like, you know. <laughs> Most Consistent Man was like, did you see Man-Thing in it? I was like, no, I'm not watching a 45-minute frame breakdown of the Werewolf by Night trailer. This is not how I'm trying to live my life. But apparently mm-hmm. Man-Thing's in it. Um, do, like, man, just do something weird that can just exist on its own. Like, this is funny books, right? Like, just do more of that. Anyway. Yeah. She-Hulk continues to be dope. House of the Dragon, I keep watching. <laughs> Why? I don't, Why do you do that? I don't know, Caitlin. We just talked about how little time we've got. Because <sighs> I want media. I want to laugh with Chris and Andy. That's why I watch it. I want to know I want to understand <laughs> I want to understand the jokes. Um Episode I mean episode five will be out by the time you're hearing this, but episode four was boring. Boring. Man, mm-hmm. just uh standing around in rooms talking. Isn't that fun? Um Extraordinary Attorney Wu continues to be precious. What a precious little show that is. What a little, nice. what a little jewel of a show that is. It might be my, my K-drama winter watch. I, it's definitely a good one. And like, listen, I'm only at like episode six because they are 47 years long per episode. But <laughs> I'm not going to say you don't notice the time, but <laughs> you don't notice it that much. Um, right. Yeah, because I like a dragon is the reason why I don't have a whole lot of viewing to talk about. Cause I've just been playing the fuck out of that game. Um, I love it so much. <laughs> I continue to love it so much. I think I realized that one of the big appeals of this game is because it's an RPG and there's a party and there's extra characters. 
you know? So you see the right. relationships develop between the characters. Every other Yakuza game, with maybe you spent some time with Majima, who was a much better character than Kiryu. Kiryu? Like, listen, that's my boy. Like, <laughs> chest thump for Kiryu? He's not the most not the most charismatic man in the world. Nanny. Like, you mean you don't want you don't just get to spend hours at the hostess club? Um, you don't actually. You can go to hostess clubs, but you don't get to manage them. The business simulator right. is much more um, you know it's not it's not cooking mama with hostesses. Right. <laughs> to my chagrin. Um But yeah, Kiryu is like he's just you know, he's real he's a real flat zero on the old VU meter, right? Like he doesn't really move too much in one direction either way. <laughs> like right. No spice there. You love him. You've been with him for like six, seven games, whatever, but. But no spice. No spice. Not like Majima, who is literally insane and popping out of manhole covers to fight you. Spice. <laughs> that is spice. You get spice in this game. Ichigo is, or Ichiban rather, is more Majima than Kiryu. Um, have you seen the character or seen any art from this game? How he's got that weird, no. like, blown out afro? No. The whole joke of that is, which I loved, is like he goes to prison. And then wants to get the hairstyle he had, you know, some type of perm that he had in, like, the early 90s when he was a Yakuza. But it's been so long, nobody knows how to do that anymore. <laughs> so he ends up getting this blown out, like, weird frizzy afro thing. And that's why his hair looks like that in the game. Anyway, the relationships between the characters are really what makes it. Because you, you have conversations. You could be walking the streets and a little side conversation pops up. And, you know, there's bond meters you know you develop more closeness with your comrades they get more experience shit like that you know the rpg tropes but having those people to talk to and having those relationships develop really is elevating this game in my eyes um and yeah just still still super fun um lastly two other things i want to talk about moving to the someone cute corner these are two recos she gave me uh she was very big on the show mo on netflix oh yeah which okay. is the uh, which is the show starring uh, comedian Mo Amer? I have not watched Mo yet, but I did watch uh, his stand-up special. That kind of was a prelude to this show, and you know, some of the jokes, you know, you'll see jokes that he does in the stand-up special that he does in the show Mo. Um, so Mo Amer is a Palestinian American. Um, is he Palestinian American? He's got citizenship, but he did not for a long time. He he was. The crux of the show, Mo, is that he was, like, living without papers. Like, he didn't have an American passport. He didn't have a Palestinian passport. He just, he was just, you know, hustling. Uh, and his experience growing up, based on his experiences growing up in Houston, uh, Houston having a big look in this, in these two things. But, yeah, his comedy special, Mohammed in Texas, is on Netflix as well, which I believe dropped last year. It's very funny. Um, anytime you see something in a comedy special that you then internalize in using your daily life is always a good sign. And yes, he has this bit where he's like talking about how COVID's over. He's like, it's over, right? Is it though? And he's like <laughs> rubbing his stomach. Like, is it? I, uh, <laughs> someone came and I have been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> is it? Is it? It, Even strange times. It is. And the Mohammer special definitely uh, calls those moments to mind and also ends with a very beautiful kind of moving uh, bit. He does the set and then he just kind of talks to the crowd about um, him finally, when he got his passport, he was able to go back to Palestine um, to, you know, 
meet his cousins and his aunts and family that he had back there, that sort of thing. And it's a real, and he had a camera crew with him. Um, so it's him narrating this footage you're watching of him. Like they make him do like the call to prayer for the town. And he's like, I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, and he ends up doing it like at the wrong time, but then finds out that his father like built the sound system that calls people to prayer from the mosque. Like it's oh. a real, yeah, it's a real, it's a real moving kind of, uh, kind of moment. So it's definitely worth a check out. The other thing I want to talk about, I had seen this come up on my title cards, usually after, uh, you know, you finish an episode of something and then it's like, try this. And it shows you like three things. And this kept coming up and I was like, I don't know what that is. Someone cute watched it on a whim and she's like, you should really watch it. And she kind of nudged me repeatedly about, did you watch it? You should watch it. So I did last night, uh, after we got dinner and she had gone home and I watched it and it is comedian Shang Wang. The special is called fresh and juicy. They're sweet and juicy and publicly want to thank someone cute for making me watch this. It was one of the funniest things I have seen in so long. <laughs> this oh, guy, really? This guy, uh, basically, um, he's also from Houston. He's Taiwanese American. He has the cosign from Ali Wong. She kind of does the intro for him and produce the special. Um, he is very, Hedberg adjacent. So I'm already in. Uh-huh. I'm already in at that point. Yeah. He's less free jazz than Hedberg is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking about I'm ta- if you're not Mitch fa- Hedberg. Yes, if you're not familiar, Mitch Hedberg uh was a uh tragically late comedian who um was best known for being like <laughs> stoner one liners, I guess. Yeah. You know, like the, the I mean Here's the most the best, in the best. The best way. example is is like, uh, man, like when escalators break, they don't really break; they just turn into stairs. You know what, man? I got a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry, so it died. That's <laughs> that's Hedberg in a nutshell. Um, it's funnier when you watch it. Sheng Wang is has similar vibe, but like is more <laughs> coherent, I guess, and has more like structure to right. his bits, but. I knew first he talked about how uh, he crossed a threshold by buying pants at Costco and how that was <laughs> he bought pants at Costco and that was a real threshold. So I was like, I'm already, it's like, Oh man, he got them Kirkland pants. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And then he was kind of talking about other changes to your perception you make as you get older. And it's like, I originally thought at one point I was going to buy a house. Now I just want a deeper kitchen sink. <laughs> Oh, I died. He's like, I want to wash my cookie trays without flooding my countertops. (laughs) That's so specific Uh, to people who have shallow kitchen sinks. Jordan, why don't you make smoothies more? Because I have to wash my blender in the shower. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sheng Wang, sweet and juicy. One of the best thing, Caitlin. I will. I won't regale the public. With more bits from this, but when we go on break, I will tell you a couple more jokes because it was, oh my God. Amazing. It is great. It just dropped like a few weeks ago. Definitely check it out if you like stand-up at all. Do you like laughing? Do you like laughing? Watch this. Sad people? Watch this. Um. Also, we need to make an update mm. to the podcast. Oh? What's that? You need to start calling her executive producer someone cute. <laughs> executive producer cute? Yeah, executive producer cute. <laughs> Noted. 
on the recording of on this uh, as of episode two hundred and ninety two. <laughs> Executive producer Q. Love it. Well, if you like laughing, will you like the thing I made Caitlin watch this week? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Cinematic September. And I had something just crawl into my brain and it wouldn't leave. And I really wanted to talk about it. So we're going to get into Throw Mama from the Train when we come back from this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing that brought each other. This week, Jordan brought me something uh, that gave me both a bit of an existential crisis and also weird nostalgia and like like memory, like almost like nom flashbacks about (laughs) the 80s and early 90s. Um, but before we get into all that, oh we have some rules. We do. Uh, the first rule is the rule of three, which is the rule of the thing comes in parts. We will watch three of them. So the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. But this does not apply as it is cinematic September. And it is, of course, a movie. Yes. Meaning I watched the whole thing. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that we will only talk about the thing in front of these microphones. So you guys get the freshest of takes. Um, and that means that Jordan doesn't even know that I watched the whole thing until I just said it a second ago. I know nothing about this existential crisis. Yeah. The third thing, which is not actually a rule, it's just more of a geek down policy, is that if you care about spoilers, you need to get the fuck out. Yes. Because... This is a very spoilery pod, um, especially with something that is so old. Um, we're kind of like, no. If you haven't seen it, eh, that's your bad. <laughs> you you, Be born only, in the, you in the only 80s. had like 30 years to watch it. Yeah. Um, and with all that, Jordan, what did you give me? I have no explanation for this. I don't know why this popped into my head. I think I was looking for a a gif once or like a phrase popped into my head. I was writing something and I remembered a phrase that I knew was from this movie and I was looking for a gif and I just got every other gif from this movie and went, damn, did I like that movie? Should I rewatch that movie? Should we talk about this movie on the podcast? Maybe. And here we are. Uh, executive producer cute informs me that this may be a, uh, white latchkey kid movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which did not occur to me, but may very well be true. Uh, I don't have, uh, as a white latchkey kid, I don't have a strong memory of watching this repeatedly on, on the movie network, but uh, maybe I did. Uh, and that is Throw Mama from the Train from 1987. So I would have been like 10 or 11 years old. Um, is it an American black comedy film directed by and starring Danny DeVito? Also starring Billy Crystal and Anne Ramsey with Rob Reiner, Branford Marsalis, Kim Greist, and your girl, Kate Mulgrew, appearing in supporting roles. The film was inspired by the 1951 Alfred Hitchcock thriller Strangers on a Train, which is also seen in the film. The uh, community-submitted synopsis on IMDb 
because Wikipedia just wants to give me the entire ass plot of the movie is uh, Billy Crystal plays Larry Donner, an author and writing professor who tutors people who want to write books. Larry's life has become a misery when his ex-wife, Margaret, who is Kate Mulgrew, has published a book he wrote under her name and has gotten rich off of it. Owen Lift, one of Larry's students, offers Larry offers to kill Margaret for Larry, and in return, Owen wants Larry to kill his horrible mother. Larry believes it's a joke until he learns Owen has killed his ex-wife, and Larry has now become the prime suspect. It sounds much more macabre than this movie actually is. Um, the film received mixed reviews, but was a commercial success. Anne Ramsey was singled out for her praise for portrayal of the overbearing Mrs. Lift. Owen's mother, she won a Saturn Award, whatever that is, and was nominated for a Golden Globe and the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. This is an Academy Award-nominated film, y'all. Good, good for you. Good for you, Anne Ramsey. Um, yeah. This, this is a bizarre little movie. We always talk about we always talk about how we watch movies sometimes that could not be made or will not be made anymore, and just it's like nothing really happens in this movie. Like it kind of does, but there's a lot of talking and just a lot of like hanging out for for yeah. you know what wants to kind of be a noirish suspense. There's really not much of that. Um, although no. I. I will point out, this is peak Danny DeVito right now. DeVito ki- yes, killing, it killing it in this movie. And this is yes. also what I believe uh, is referred to on Twitter as Hot Billy Crystal era. Twitter discovered yes. Twitter discovered 1980s Billy Crystal recently and was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, oh, Yeah. This, this is what, this is Heartthrob Billy Crystal era. So, and they're a very good pairing together. I think that's what I remembered from seeing this movie as a kid was just the pairing of the two of them mm-hmm. and as a, as a you know, comedy team. Uh, greatly enjoying that. I don't know that the movie as a whole really holds up to much more than that. But Kate, you had you had no experience with this movie, no familiarity. No, I did. Oh. I told you, I this is it is your uh, uh, executive producer cute um, hit the nail on the head there. This is a hundred percent like a latchkey kid movie because I have seen chunks of this movie, but never the whole <laughs> never thing. the whole thing, right? Which is just classic, like, when when movies don't were on television, kids, you, like, <laughs> would start partway through or you'd watch a bit of it and then have to go for dinner or you'd be flicking through the channels. But I've never – yeah, so I've seen, like, chunks, you know, when you, you couldn't, used to watch – You couldn't rewind stuff. back in the day. You just caught it where you caught it. No, exactly. And, like, you would flick through the channels and if there was nothing else good on – like if it was just like news and like maybe um, a movie that was like too grown up or something you desperately didn't want to see. Like this was like your only option. You would watch like a chunk of this and be mildly entertained. <laughs> we lived a terrible life, didn't we? We, um, we really did. We should have gone outside more. I was just about to say, we definitely wouldn't go outside or like do anything else. <laughs> um, we would just look slack jawed at this section of a movie that we've never seen the whole thing of. Um, so I've seen parts of it and that's what gave me this weird existential, like, I was like, what have I seen of this? What have I haven't? I was thinking about my past. I was thinking about why I didn't go outside instead <laughs> or do anything, do a puzzle, like improve myself in any way. I mean, when this movie came out, I was only like a year old, but I mean, in the nineties, it, sh- it just kept on bringing things back. And it also gave me this like metal in my mouth taste of nostalgia, right? Like you were right. A movie like this 
could not be made. It was peak Danny DeVito. It was hot Billy Crystal era, which is so weird to think about. <laughs> Even senior correspondent came by as I was watching and being like, oh, Billy Crystal has hair here. Um, <laughs> that's how you can tell. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it was a weird experience watching it. Um, but I kind of felt at the same time, like I finally seen the whole thing. Um, and there were things I hadn't seen before uh, that I really enjoyed. So, so, uh, so, so what, what worked or didn't work for you in this, um, in this movie? What worked was Danny DeVito just like popping up being really quiet in weird places. <laughs> like when those two are making out and like Billy Crystal and, and his love interest. And he's just sitting there on the train eating crackers. Like I just, I loved that. And I loved him like calling at the mis- most um, Im- inopportune times. <laughs> and like when he act after he kills the wife or kills, I should put it quoting, kills the wife, him calling him from several different <laughs> several tables all over the country. <laughs> like just like it would change. The background would change. Like the, um, there is a, a talk that Edgar Wright gives about visual comedy mm. that we don't get anymore in comedies or not as much. And Ed, Edgar Wright really like p- like pushes that. And this was such an example of that. Like just some of the, the visual comedy aspects of it I were think, great. Yeah, I think the one moment for me, and I was saying this to someone cute last night, uh, when talking about it, because I was like, spoiler alert, y'all. I was like, I, th- I don't think the Roman from the Train is a very good movie. Uh, <laughs> is, but like, there's, so it was a scene, I remember it was in the trailer. It was like when they showed a clip from this movie, they always showed this clip. And it's when the wife has been killed. Um, uh, spoiler alert, she's not actually dead. She just fell off a boat. Um, yeah. And Owen took credit for it. And uh, Larry, the Billy Crystal character, is kind of on the run and hiding out at Owen's house because he's trying. Owen is trying to convince Larry to kill his mother. And it was such a wild statement. <laughs> talking about a, a movie, like a popular movie, yeah, like a mass entertainment movie. Um, and they're sitting at the breakfast table, and Larry's like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing like they're they're arguing over whether he's going to do this." And I'm not going to try to imitate the mother. I will. I will find a clip online and, and drop in right now how this woman is portrayed. Yes. By Anne Ramsey, which was kind of iconic at the time, like, like it was such a, such a singular, I guess that's the word, performance of this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just hear her screaming from the other room, Owen, what the hell's going on and she comes in and she's always suspicious of Owen that he's trying to like send her off somewhere or they're coming to take me away, that type of thing. So she's always suspicious of people she doesn't know, and she sees Larry sitting there, the Billy Crystal character, and says like, "Who the hell is this?" And it's like. DeVito's like, well, this is his cousin Patty. He's coming to stay with us for a while. You don't have a cousin Patty. And he just panics and looks at, there's a beat. He looks at Billy Crystal and goes, you lied to me and smacks him in the side of the head with a frying pan, which does not happen in movies anymore. That sort of no. three stooge-esque uh, buffoonery. Like you don't see that anymore. And I'm not even saying it should be seen more, but I was just, it was like almost jarring to see something that, stupid right happen in like a like a movie made in the 80s because you did well it didn't happen much then and it happens zero now 
Well, I mean, I, I didn't, so there were like a couple home alone moments is the only way I could like (laughs) call them that I didn't think, I don't know. It was, it didn't fit with the tone. Like there was a lot of, like you said, okay. There was a lot of like physical humor that didn't really necessarily fit. Um, I, like it was all over the place, right? Because there was like this physical, but it only happened sometimes. And then there was some visual stuff that was really good. Because um, it's, uh, it's trying, it's trying to skewer the tropes of noir, yes. Hitchcock, whatever. Like Devito, like you said, Owen always popping up in these weird places and like watching him and stalking Larry and like you know, being yeah. a little a, a creepy little gremlin, <laughs> like. You know. Even when he's like following the the ex-wife character, the Kate Mulgrew, on the like the boat, like he's like literally her shadow, like yeah. <laughs> right beside her. She's like, uh, <laughs> she like goes away. Um, yeah, I just that, like I thought that kind of stuff was was funny, but I also was really stressed out, and we know how I deal with stress <laughs> in movies. Um, so there was a little like, but I I, I kind of had remembered it it ended up happy. Um, yes. So I, I was like, okay. Cause I knew everything's going to be all right. <laughs> um, and the, but the, the ending bit where, well, it's in, interesting because, okay. Strangers on a train is, I love this movie. This is one of those movies I've seen like uh, probably too many times. Um, and I've also read the book, uh, which, just so you know, was written by Patricia Highsmith, and people should read it, and she's an excellent author. Who was it? Today, years old. It it it, it was. Did yes. not know it was based on a Highsmith novel. It was. So I love when people play with tropes. Um, and one of the things, not necessarily Strangers on a Train, um, but, okay, Highsmith in general, she talks a lot about, like, like psychology and like um, morality and the, the fact that at first Billy Crystal, like even in those first moments where he finds out his wife is dead, he like panics. Cause he's like, that's terrible. And then he's like, but is it? <laughs> um, and then finally, you know, he snaps and he, he initially, you know, tries to kill the, the, you know, Danny DeVito's mom. Um, and then at the very end, when things are going well and he can write and Danny DeVito, they haven't seen each other for a year and he comes and Danny DeVito tells him that he's written this book and it's called Larry Mama and Larry's friend. No, Owen, Owen, oh, Owen, La- Owen, Mama, Owen, and, Mama and, and Owen's friend, Larry, That's friend, Larry. Yes. Um, and Danny DeVito kind of like, oh, sorry. And, uh, really crystal, uh, Larry like kind of snaps because he's like, that's the book he's writing. Yes. Um, but then you find out it's like a pop-up book. <laughs> yes. He wrote a kid's book. And he wrote a kid's book and it, it is wildly charming. And I really hope someone has that prop because it was <laughs> so good. Um, like that was funny and weird. And I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the end scene where they're like on the beach and they're like friends and, I, I've, I've, I've never forgotten. I mean, this is now we're just talking, we're just turning into the Chris Farley show now, but I was like, like, remember that time when I have never <laughs> forgotten the line, look at him. He's like a buoy with hair. I've never <laughs> forgotten that line in 30 years, Caitlin. I've never forgotten them at the beach and yeah. DeVito taking his robe off <laughs> with the snorkels and the flippers 
yeah. they're basically arguing about the last line in Crystal's book and how and and how and it, it makes it like, makes no fucking sense. Like it's cryptic. Like yeah, and 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 you know the, the Larry Billy Crystal's character, like he's been he's now a successful author. He's been on like the bestsellers list for so many weeks. But both Danny DeVito and his now, I guess their girlfriend. I don't know if they're married or not at yeah. the end, but love interest are like, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And he's like, what are you two talking about? Um, and it's just like this fun little scene. And I feel like movies today might not let people have happy endings like that. <laughs> um, so that was really nice as well. And it kind of made like going through the anxiety of the movie worth it. Um, and yeah, like, like the wife is in bed and the mother does die, but of natural causes <laughs> and yeah. But there's like a, there's like a scene, you know, again, the, the, the middle part of the movie is like act two is Owen trying to convince Larry to kill his mother. Um, yes. And it is dark. And, but there's like a scene where inexplicably the car they're in doesn't have any brakes. So they're like, <laughs> it's like a singular car chase scene as they're like, you know, rocketing down a hill. Why? Like. Why did the yeah. car have no brakes? Did the car not have any brakes up to that point? It doesn't matter. This and why of- does, is Danny DeVito's character so good at like sneaking around? <laughs> like he literally makes a sandwich in Kate Mulgrew's house. <laughs> and, like people are there. Like she's there. The gardener's there. No one sees this man. No one knows. He's reading a magazine while her and the pool boy or the gardener are getting it on <laughs> on the couch. Or canoodling. Yeah. Yeah. He helps her answer the phone. Like it's just... <laughs> It, it, it's kind of wild. It's a wild movie. <laughs> so I believe it has a uh, 60 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That seems about accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like five or six kick punches for sure. It's not a, it's not a movie. No one should do with this movie what I did, which was actively seek it out. <laughs> if it's a movie <laughs> where like, if, well, I, I can tell you, hmm. you know, want to know where it's free. And it gives you the full watching it in the late 80s, early 90s experience. Tubi, baby. No, Roku. Oh, it's on Roku, too. It's on Roku. If you have a Roku or you like uh, it's Roku, just type it in. There it is. There are commercials. You'll get ad breaks. Yep. <laughs> it's say, good say, because you can refresh your drink. You can get some popcorn. Be reminded of that, uh, that Superstation Saturday experience. Yeah. Where you had no friends and you just sat around watching watching old movies on Superstation on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon before that global TV marathon of The Simpsons started at around four. Yeah. Woo, yeah, five or six. Ooh. Five or six kick punches seems seems accurate. Yeah. So if you got a Roku yeah. or a Tubi and you want to check that out, let us know if we completely missed the mark on this one. Oh my god, the numbers are gonna crater on this episode. I can't wait. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, we do this. We do this because this is the type of podcast it is. We don't care about the numbers. We just want to be entertaining. We want to have fun. We want to give you the experience of the early 90s. <laughs> you know you know why you came here. Yeah. If you have thoughts about if you have thoughts about uh, Hot Billy Crystal, you can let us know over at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. We would be interested in hearing those. Apparently Running Scared, the uh, the cop comedy with Gregory Hines was peak, uh, peak Hot Billy Crystal, apparently. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm not that I find Billy Crystal particularly hot, but just <laughs> I want I want my you know occasionally I want my uh, fingers on the pulse of of uh, Twitter, TikTok. Sorry, I'm just I'm just looking at the uh, I'm just looking at the movie poster to throw Mama from the train, and his his fit is kind of amazing on the cover. He's got like the big the big sweater, the khakis, and what looked to be like Reebok reverse jams, like the sneakers. Oh yeah, whatever's happening with the sneakers. 
on the throw mom from the train <laughs> movie poster. Also, I got to say that font is almost exactly the font for um, uh, Home Alone. Just saying. It really, it, yes, it really is. The movie poster also has a tagline, which I mean, that never happens anymore. Owen asked his friend Larry for a small favor. Come on. That, oh, uh, the movie should have been so much better with a poster like that. <laughs> it like, it like, like quadrupled its budget, by the way, at Did the it? box office. Well, there you yeah. Go. That doesn't happen anymore. Even, even back then, not great movies could crush the box office. Uh, friends, yes. People were desperate. People were desperate. We're telling you. Man. Entertainment options were fewer and far between back then, y'all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we don't have that problem now, so Cinematic September will roll on next week with, I believe, Spontaneous. Is that what we're doing? That is what we're doing. We're watch Spontaneous. All right. So now you know. Go out and find that and join us back here next week for that discussion. Friends, great to be back. Happy birthday, Kate. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging with us for an hour and change every week, friends. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Caitlin said she needed to do something with her mic stand. Apparently that was build it from wood. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, my stand is, is very short. What I'd really like is one of those like arms. So I feel like I'm a professional, Um, but I don't have one of those. The the boom clamp thing. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. Caitlin. We're not. What? We're not a boom clamp show. (laughs) What? We're not a boom clamp show? You tell me this now? Five years in, you tell me we're not a boom clamp show?